is being recorded. Big house banter fam, you beauties. Welcome back. After a thrilling regular season, we are at the show of just being able to just bask in this beautiful victory here with my man. What's going on? Hail to the victors, valiant. Yeah, I could I could go all day with that. Go Dude, all what a victory. Holy all day. shit, what a victory. Just you know what? Everybody knows I bet the house on a two-score game. I will take six points. I'll take one and a half. I'll take, I'll take one and three quarters. I'll take whatever the hell it is to make sure we beat Ohio State. And guess how many times? How back many? to back to back equals natty. Three peats are miraculous. Three peats mean Eddie. You've been saying it for a while now. I, I, yeah. The I think it's honestly, we've been talking about that since the beginning of the podcast. I'm pretty sure I looked that up for Seppi. Yeah, I didn't know that until you brought it up, but I mean, that's spot on. 95, 96, 97. Natty. And guess what? We're trying to make sure we don't have to share it this time. No, no sharing. No sharing. There's not even going to be a dispute. Undisputed. There is no sharing. There is no caring about anything except blue. Big blue. But there's a lot to unpack going into this uh, championship uh, conference week, uh, conference championship week. We already had rivalry, rivalry week this week. So this is the most exciting time of college football in general the all year for me. And – I mean the championship game, obviously, but like besides that, this is this is like boom, boom week week of rivalries, week of championships. So many different things can go on with the rankings. It's it's the it's the hottest two weeks. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, getting right into the rankings, I think this this just shows that there's no reason that Ohio State should have been ranked higher than Michigan ever this season. They came out of the gates in the AP poll, uh, Georgia number one, understood. Michigan number two, Ohio State was number three, and for the first two weeks, what did they do? Even though they won, they went down in the rankings. I think they fell all the way to number six at the beginning of the season. And then all of a sudden, college football playoff rankings come out, and oh, by the way, Ohio State number one. Get the fuck out of here. And that just shows that that was incorrect. Michigan had control over the entire game. They led the entire game. Ohio State never led. Is that it was obviously it was a close game, number two versus number three. It's not like Ohio State's not a good program, but right. Michigan was ahead the entire game. You know, they they jumped out to the step. early seven nothing lead, and then Ohio State tied it up. I think in the third quarter, seventeen seventeen. But or I should say Michigan never trailed. That's a better way to put it. Michigan never trailed in this game. Sure. And in my mind, that means that there's no reason 
they should have ever been ranked lower than Ohio State, except the Michigan hate and the Ohio State love. Ohio State is the favorite in the Big Ten nationally for whatever reason. Who the fuck knows why? They just are. They are. They are the problem. Because we, we're the first team. The we're the first team to get to a thousand wins. We are the best. Like overall, historically, Michigan go blue is the best. So it's 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 like people when they say you can't hate the Yankees, and I still hate the Yankees. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, do you hate winning? It's like, no, I'm a Tigers fan. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's something about just the biggest, just like how they call Dallas Cowboys America's team. Fuck Dallas. You know, I, I, you know, if you're if you're a state fan, if you're a Michigan fan, if you're this fan, that fan, it's it doesn't really matter. But the thing is about Michigan is that we also have the most wins. And it's, it's well now, and now it is a beautiful palindromic number, one zero zero one victories. Oh whoops! The I'm same backwards and forwards. How and how many other programs can say that? Zero. Zero, especially with four digits up there. The only program in college football history with four digits in the win column. Pretty sure everyone's at least a season away from that. Uh, I think they're a lot more than a season. But rather, I don't know the exact number, but I think Ohio State. I think Ohio State is number two, and they just recently, in the past few years, overtook Texas, and I think they're in like the nine sixties. Don't quote me on that, but yeah, so they're quite a few seasons away. I mean. Talk about it all season. There's Michigan hate. It's obvious. Uh, look yeah, at what's going I, 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 I posted something on the Big House Banter Instagram. Uh, Bill Burr literally said almost – he summarized what we were talking about podcast ago, pod, two podcasts ago, about how this is ingrained in the game. But he just made it plain and simple. He made a joke out of it because he's a comedian. He's, and he's also a Michigan fan, if you don't know that. He's just like, why do you think they use such outlandish fucking signs? You got a pizza slice. You got someone doing the peace sign. You got someone. And then he's like, and if you can decode all that mess, you probably get it for one or two plays. It's an art. It's part of the game. Understand it. And it's like, that's all we've been saying for the last month, pretty much, since this came out. Is like, it's understood. It's known that you have signs and people are trying to steal them. And if you can decode them, good on you, but you're only going to get like one or two plays. It's not like the whole playbook just all of a sudden falls on the fucking floor when you understand one or two signs. I'm sorry. It doesn't even matter if he even did it. Everyone does it. It doesn't even affect the game that much. It really doesn't. It, it just doesn't. Well, and I'll take, a, I'll take a stance on that because that's why you have so many different signs. That's, they literally have different signs on the sidelines. It could even be which sign is on which side of the read. It's like, bro, just because you understand what this one sign does sometimes doesn't mean that sign even stays the same sign the whole time. It's like, yeah, it's and like, I didn't, I didn't think we were getting it into sign stealing so early in 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 the conversation, but I agree one hundred percent that you know even. 
even with all the sign debate, it's like what what team keeps the same signs all season long? Right. Isn't it just standard procedure that you change signs regularly? If you are yeah. working with the same signs week in and week out, that's your mm-hmm. own fault. Because mm-hmm. not only do you not have to, you know, go in and, and videotape every single week, whatever, you know, they say that Michigan did, but just naturally nobody in their right mind would use the same signs week in and week out because it would be easy for anybody who is who is football minded to just go and watch that and pick up pick up patterns, pattern recognition. Yeah. You don't yeah. you don't even have to put a science behind it. You don't have to put an art, yep. you don't have to put thievery behind it at all in, in any regards. You this is just something that football football people start to pick up on. Like get the fuck out of here. You never change your signs and oh it's Michigan's fault because they stole signs. Like no, everybody Honestly, does this. This is a part of every single sport. You don't keep the same signs because people start to pick up on them naturally. Yeah. Right. That's just how we think and that's how we learn. Um you're right. I I didn't really mean to get into that too quickly into the show. Um, I, again, really just wanted to gloss over it, but it came up in my mind. I was just like, you know, this victory cements that everything that everyone has ever said about this team right now has been false the whole season long. This is just all season long. It's been, okay, Michigan's good until CFP comes out, and now we're not good. Or as good. And it's like, wait, what? Oh, now your coach is doing Oh, wait, what? Oh, now it's like, what else are you going to throw at us, bro? Hate. Well, look I guess that's why I brought it up. It's like the whole idea of the Michigan hate thing is, is alive and well, and there are people who understand what's going on, though, which is nice. Because he said this, like, on a TV show in front of, like, millions of people. But, oh, by the way, Michigan got 19 million fucking views against Ohio State. I think the next biggest game was, like, 8 million. Wow, that's a big spread. It was huge. And that and that's why it's it's not the Ohio State. It's the game. That's what makes you be able to say you're the whole yeah. Ohio State. And I hate that you've taken the V. Like I, I ugh. Ugh. But turn yeah. it but turn it into a positive. Look at what fucking Sharon Moore did. Sharon Moore coming in oh, for yeah. the last three games after yep. Jim Har- Harbaugh getting suspended and he's got two top ten victories. As a head coach. Whoops. Whoops. Yeah. How does that happen? How does your assistant coach have two top ten victories as a as a head coach? I mean, that's, well, been, that's not what we've been saying the whole time. Place. It's the same messaging from the top down. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody. It's everybody. Team. It's every. Not exactly the team. The Do team. It. The team. Every, and exactly Michigan. Everybody love everybody. Everybody is playing for everybody out there. It's not about one man. It's not about one player. It's not about one coach. Everybody is playing for the University of Michigan. And it totally came out against Ohio State. It was very apparent that that is what they did. And everybody. Quorum. Quorum. Go right into it. Exactly. Zach Zinter goes down. Best offensive lineman in the nation. What do they do the very next play? They run the ball, and Corum gets what? What was it? A twenty-two yard touchdown. It was at least. Um, it was at least. It was at least twenty yards, if if not twenty-five. Yeah, it. I mean, just 
I, I think it was 22. That was the that was the 22 yard run. And it's like the very next play after your best offensive lineman goes down, your best run blocking. I don't know about threat, but your best run blocking threat goes out of the game, injured for the rest of the season. Obviously, he broke a couple bones. And the very next play, you do the same thing that you've been trying to do all game long, and it's a touchdown, 22 yards. Like, shove it down their throat. We don't care. Next man up is totally capable of doing the job. And that 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 sealed the game right there. It's like that's oh, just yeah. the momentum shift after that because everybody is feeling down after that. It's like I, I feel down. I still feel a little bit down. I mean, Zach Zinter, huge, absolute yeah, monster on the offensive line. And I feel so bad for the guy because he came back to win an Addy with Michigan, and this happens to him in the biggest game of his life. But, but again, the very next play, touchdown, on the run. Blake Corum throws up the 6-5 in the end zone. Yep. Like, yep. holy shit, was that a great fucking moment. That was incredible to watch. It was great. You blink, you miss it. I almost blinked. I forced myself not to blink, I believe, at that point. Because, like, literally, I was like, holy shit. Like, I remember, like, seeing, like, I was about to, like, close my eyes, and then he's, like, seven yards down the field way too quickly. And I was like, holy fuck, he's about to – he's taking this to the house. And Honestly, that might be be his long rush of the season for a touchdown. For a I touchdown, I, absolutely. Yeah, for a touchdown, for sure. Because they've all been like two or three yards. I think that's his longest. I think that's his longest touchdown run. Right? After, I, yeah, I don't. I don't know the stats on him, but I would. I know. I would I'm trying to look it up. But a big. I would put a big bet that that was his longest touchdown of the season. I know it wasn't his longest run of the season, but I'm no, pretty no, sure no, that no, was no. his longest touchdown run of the season. I yeah, think it was sure. his longest touchdown. And and yeah. I think uh, I, I love Blake Corum. I love Mike Hart, and I sh- I sent you the stat that he his stats are body size wise very similar to Barry Sanders. And I just thought bye bye Barry, and I'm just I, I'm not. And like you said, respectfully, Barry's a lot faster probably than Corum, right? But I'm just saying I want to see Corum go to the league, and I think that run right there also helped him look a little bit better for scouts in the NFL. Because a lot of people think that this motherfucker just can't run to get a touchdown. Like, it, he'll eventually get caught. But if you're inside, you're he was, we weren't even inside the red zone. And he was able to get a running touchdown. Like, that's huge for his career, too. Like, it's not just, like, the game. Like, that's a really big run this season for him to show, like, I can still score long yardage touchdowns. It's like, this is the game plan we've been running. Like, you've talked about all season, and I'm right there with you. Like, oh, Blake Corm can only score two-yard touchdowns. Like, no, he fucking can't. He can do it all. It's just that's what we've been running the game plan as, and you haven't been able to stop it, and it's too easy for us to set up a two-yard touchdown for Blake instead of trying to throw, it, throw the ball all two downs before we have to try to do a third and ten run with Blake. Like, this is not well, because you can't been... do it. It's because this is the game plan that we've been able to execute, and I think NFL scouts are going to be able to see that now. Exactly. And what have, what have we mentioned before on the podcast is that Blake Corum 
not only yeah he's he's small in stature but the kid is fucking yoked what did he yoked. play whatever 23 26 reps at 215 225 whatever the number is and it would have been fifth highest last year in including lineman including linemen including o-line d-line linebackers like fifth highest overall Bro, and he's a 58 running back Yes, he is absolutely jacked. So, no, he's not as quick as Barry Sanders. He's not as fast as Barry Sanders. But the kid's got fucking feet. He's got some jukes in him. He may not have the top-end speed, but he will run a motherfucker over. Blake Corum is no joke. And he – okay, so I watched that Bye Bye Barry documentary, pretty decent. And I just had really good footage of old-school Barry running. And what he would do is, like, gallop hop because he would take, like, two steps real quickly, and he'd get the same amount of yardage forward sometimes as you would do, like, one, two on the ground. But he was in the air because usually running backs, they don't want to be in the air too much. They can't, like, switch their left or right. But what Barry did is that he already did his left or right really quickly, got people off balance, and then he just galloped forward. Dude, I saw that. I saw that in Blake Corum this last game when he was running. He was galloping, bro. Like, this kid, he's got the style that it's hard to defend against. It's not so much he's the biggest, he's the fastest. He knows how to put his – he's got that footwork, bro. It's, it, he really does. It, he really does. And it's, I just want to see the kid just do the best things in the NFL. I love I – love, Blake Corum. I want him to get paid the fuck out. I want him to make all the money in the goddamn world. I want him to break records. And I think he still needs to win this national championship in his mind to make sure he does that. But I'm just saying this last game, he ran like Barry Sanders for me in terms of how he was running his feet. He was galloping. And it, 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 I never had seen it like that before this week. He might have been doing this the whole time, but I never noticed it. He really does, like, wait for that hole. He explosively hits the hole, but he still – he doesn't hit it so hard where he can't make an adjustment even after he's going full speed. You know what I'm saying? And I think, I, yeah, I do, and I think that's that's kind of been the difference between him and Donovan Edwards. Don't get me wrong. Love Don. Love him. Kids got great talent. But yeah. Blake Corum, I don't know if it's because he's four inches, six inches shorter – than Donovan Edwards, and he's harder to see back there. But Blake Corum is like Mike Hart. Mike Hart, watching him at Michigan, that kid was another small dude. And whatever he did, no matter where he got hit, he fell forward every single time. He did not get stopped and pushed backwards. He went forward. And that's exactly what Blake Corum does except even better than Mike Hart. He's faster than Mike Hart was. He's stronger than Mike Hart yeah. was. And Mike Hart, yeah. he was, I guess, you know, the, the second greatest running back in in recent memory because what was that dude's name? Um, Thomas. Uh, not Anthony Thomas. He was, he was the wide receiver, but. No, Thomas was our running back that has the most uh, touchdowns. <sighs> You might be right. I can't. I can't think of the fucking. What's his first name? Because Anthony Thomas uh, was a wide receiver. Um, what whatever the fuck that dude's name was. But yeah, 
again, because he has the most rushing touchdowns um, overall in Michigan history up until Blake Horn. And and I I remember, I mean, obviously we were like five years old when that dude was doing it, but I remember listening to him, I remember him. on fucking I radio and cheering for that dude and just listening to him on the radio and hearing Jim Ranstadter talking about him. I mean, like, damn, this dude's fucking good. But besides the point, Blake Horam is, he's a fucking beast back there. He's a monster. And exactly, he hits the hole. And when he hits the hole and there's some arm tackles, there's some shoulders going into him, he keeps plowing through it. And unfortunately, Donovan Edwards just isn't quite as strong as that. Um, I don't, I'm not trying to take anything away from Don because I love Don. And we saw what he did against Ohio State last year with like, what was it, 75 yards and then 80 yard touchdowns against OSU last year. So he's obviously got the capabilities, but Blake Corum, he, he finds the whole, yes, he's, he is more patient. I believe he's patient. Just like you were saying about Barry, he's fucking patient back there, waits for it to open up. He gets behind his lineman, gets behind his blocker, puts the hand on the blocker's back and says, take me to the fucking promised land. I will wait <laughs> for you. And he is so good at that. And he he's super fucking smart back there. And then he's able to just fucking truck stick whenever he needs it. That dude is not afraid of contact. And that's the beauty behind Blake Corm, I think. And I think that will be his his game changer in the NFL because it's not like the NFL has got small dudes out there, but no. even, but a tiny dude, a Blake Corum, but that's just as strong as you, you got six inches on him, but he's just as strong as you. He's got the leverage. He is, he has the lower center of gravity. And even if you bring him down, he's still going to get an extra yard because he's six inches shorter than you. And he's pushing you forward every single time. And I think that's wild. It, yeah, it is wild. Blake Corm, he's fucking great. He had a great well, game. So it was Anthony Thomas that he did. He is the rusher. Was he? he? Okay, I was thinking yeah. he was a he was um he was the wide receiver. Who am I fucking thinking about? Number one, maybe Dave, David Tyrell. No, you're no Anthony was a wide receiver though, but his it was last yeah. name. Okay, but, I'm getting all but, fucked up here. Correct me. Show me up. I got you, bro. But like. The thing is, do you remember me saying that it is wild if he got 30 touchdowns after I said he could get 30 touchdowns this season? Yes. What is he at? Throw a stat at me. What is he at? He's at 22. Like, he's got three games. Like, bro, that is literally – that's two and a half-ish touchdowns a game. It's within reach. He could run up five TDs on Iowa, bro. Like, to be real. Oh, if they you're really not wrong. wanted to just like set him up, <laughs> if they really wanted to just set him up to like get this record like out of reach, he could literally just run up the fucking numbers on Iowa, bro. <laughs> like you're not wrong. I, okay. Well, the only thing I, I will say is not out of reach. I knew it. I, wait, okay. You're Yo, not wait. wrong. Oh. It, it, it'd be wild. They would, but hey, Sharon is not afraid to run it. Two and a half quarters in a row. <laughs> the only if thing I will say. If we did it to Penn say, State, we're not afraid to do it to Iowa. <laughs> the only thing I will say is that Iowa has no offense. Their best offense is their punter. 
So their defense is solid. And no I trust I No, he's better defense. than Doman. I, yeah, well. Now that double touch inside the five. I agree. I agree. He did it against Ohio State again. Fucking pinned him inside the five with another <laughs> fucking clutch punt. Oh. But, but the point Doman's still stands. Dog. The point still stands that Iowa's yeah, yeah. defense yeah. is legit. So putting up putting up Hassan Haskin numbers. Five, <laughs> I don't want to say it. I, I mean, that was incredible. Well, gotta, 2021. Hey, hey, who is, who is, who is, who is, who is, who, who, who is running, who is running with Hassan Haskins? Who's been looking for a Hassan Haskins fucking game? Play for him. Blake, Blake. I mean, he seen it. He seen it. I, he was right there in the field with him. Yeah. Not the featured back at the time. Not the feature back, back, but had to watch. Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. And Iowa could absolutely get exposed because I, they know they don't stand a chance against <laughs> Michigan. What is the fucking spread right now? The spread's fucking twenty points. at twenty-one points. Uh, let me see, twenty-one and a half right now. I hey, think it opened pretty, at twenty-two, then it went to twenty-three, twenty-four, maybe. Yeah. 21 and a half. That's exactly right. That's, do you think they're going to win by three touchdowns or do you think they're not going to win by three touchdowns? That's what a 21 and a half point spread means. Exactly. Right. I'm just saying. So, so, so Blake could realistically get three to five touchdowns this game. So that's, I don't, I don't at think the you're very wrong least, at all. At the very least, he's 25. So, when I said it's wildly unridic- or ridiculous, like midway through the season, of my pretty much first podcast call of Blake Corum getting 30 touchdowns. I feel like I feel ashamed that I didn't trust myself more. <laughs> yeah, I almost feel ashamed that I thought you were crazier than you were because it's I granted I still don't think 30 is going to happen, but 28, like that's very realistic. 28 See, very, absolutely like, could happen. Easily get he could easily get two touchdowns a game. Like he already does that. Like yeah, standard. <laughs> that is that is that is uh, stock. <laughs> There's no fine yeah. tuning needed. <laughs> you want to get level exactly, two that's, tuning? That's how we play the game. That is our mo. That is what Michigan does. And yeah. even though we kind of we I don't want to say we got away from it, but we did get away from it at the beginning of the season. Even though uh, in 2022, we ran it down people's throats game in and game out. That was the MO no matter what. But still, even it, it seemed like we got away from it this year, 2023, but really we didn't. Really we did not. Really we are still a run-first team. We are a pound-and-ground team when you need it. When When push comes to shove – we're just going to shove it up your throat and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Wait, how about how about the running back pass? Oh, uh, what have I been saying? Fucking open up the playbook. Donovan <laughs> Edwards in the Big Ten Championship a couple years ago. We all knew it was in his repertoire. And, yeah. Absolutely broke it out. 
What was that? Say again. That, that was a big play too. Like we oh, needed it. Was it. Huge. It was huge, 34 yards. I mean, it was not as good of a pass as he had in the Big Ten Championship. Not as yeah. good. He didn't lead the receiver, but, but, I mean, that is nitpicky. I am not getting – I'm not hating on him at all for that because the dude was wide open, and the last thing you want to do when your receiver is wide open is miss him. Like, you throw it at him and make him stop and catch the ball. Like, that's that's what you do. And – just looking at the stat line, I know we don't want to talk too much stats here, but looking at the stat line, one for one, 34 yards, 98.1 QBR. That's higher than J.J.'s <laughs> was. Higher than J.J.'s quarterback rating for the game at 98.1. <laughs> J.J. only clocked in at a 
did he pull something? What the fuck is going on right now? Yeah. Well, and, I was like, oh, tell, we're up, but not that much. <laughs> you could tell that was the MO. Is like, all right, fuck it, put him in until it doesn't work. And they put him in 20-yard run. And then the next play only got two yards. And they're like, all right, put JJ back in. We'll go back <laughs> back to the regularly scheduled program. <laughs> regularly scheduled programming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Your I mean, TV just throw the wrinkle in there. The Keep them guessing. <laughs> Dude, you all, kept us guessing. Sharon kept us guessing. We were guessing. We've been on this fucking team all season long, hard as fuck, and he threw us a curveball. <laughs> well, who was it? I don't even remember. I don't even remember at this point. Was it was it Bowling Green when Alex Orgy came in and they ran it like six or seven times with him just down their throats? It's like, all right, Alex, just fucking run the ball. Just run. Just run. Just run. And he ran it like six straight times. And it wasn't anything incredible, but it's like, all right. This kid's not afraid to act like a running back behind center right now. And that's exactly what they did. Exactly. They, again, they've shown like, it on it tape like a couple thrown, times. Though, yeah, but that dude that came he out and the he ball. had the fucking rush of his fucking life. Cause, so the way he was running reminded me immediately of shoelaces, you know. So I can't believe you keep calling them shoelaces. It's shoelace. Yeah, singular. Dude, I it, he he's a good guy. I love him. Love him to death. It was a really hard time. I was mostly not aware. I different story. Cool. You're right, shoelace. I'm saying that he it gave me bad flashbacks. That's what I was trying to say. It's like I don't really want to remember those years. It was not good times. We won the Sugar Bowl. It's like bullshit. It was a bullshit bowl. We were lucky to get into a bowl that year. Fuck that bowl. So I don't really care about that. I'm just saying, like, when he took it from center like that and ran or, you know, ran out of the backfield, I was like, okay. Please don't tell me our future is this. But he's a lot stockier than Shoelace was. And he still kind of ran very similarly to him. So what I'm thinking is that they were trying to just give him some reps again, like all these games have been really just real-time practice for our underclassmen. And I think he can throw the ball, and this is really good for us. Because, like, like I didn't want to say that J.J. was going to the league next year because I didn't want – I didn't really know if we had someone that could really try to, you know, replace him. But at least Alex Orgy is showing that he's got at least the run game that J.J. offers us right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, it looks like Alex Horton is a fucking power runner at the quarterback slot, which no, is beautiful what, to see. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying, like, if anything, it's even better than what J.J. could offer us if we used him the whole time with the experience that J.J. has, but he doesn't have the experience that, that J.J. has yet. And I'm talking about practice, yeah. not even not even game time. That's not fair to compare I'm that. I'm not talking about the game. Well, I'm just saying, in general – like, I think that that gave me a lot more. Like, okay, even if JJ does go to the league next year, I feel a lot better about next year's team, seeing that he was so confident to do that against Ohio State. Oh yeah, 
I'm 100% right there with you. Alex Orgy, even though he did not throw the ball in this game, I've, I've we've seen him throw the ball earlier in the season. The dude's got a cannon. He's maybe got to hone in the accuracy. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Obviously, we don't see the practices or anything like that, but obviously he's not the starter. JJ's the starter. But that dude, he is a big boy. He's got speed. He's, he's got three, the power. Yeah, and he's got a fucking cannon. So, yeah, yeah. just have, having another season it was good practicing. Yeah, the dude, he's going to be good. There's no well, doubt about like, it. Al Gordy like is going to be good. The ball, though, and this is like not to dig on uh, shoelace too much here, but I hated how he threw the ball. It well, was he was so not. Exposed. He was not a thrower. We. I, I mean, I and I don't think. I, I don't, obviously, I've never talked to the dude. I don't know the dude at all. But I don't think he would try and come out and say, "Oh yeah, I could, I, I could throw the ball just, just as well as anybody." Like no. Everybody knew what he was. He was a guy that could – he could put it there when the play was open, but he was a runner first, and that was his threat right there, is that he can run it to the left, he could run it to the right, or if he gets, well, shotgun every play. But if you're going to leave it open up the middle, he will fucking blow by your offensive lineman if there's a hole. He was not a – pass first passing strong quarterback and I don't I don't think right. that's a dig on him because I just don't think that anybody would well, say that that yeah, was, he was, went, was number one he went to the league as a wide receiver so exactly he was the good. fastest guy on the field that's yeah, what he yeah. was yeah and and I actually did have a class with him sociology 102 uh, I did talk to him a few times after class nicest gentleman I've ever met okay that's all right a lot of good gentlemen. He looks like a nice guy. He really does. No, he really was. He actually was off off uh, off the clock. He wasn't like uh, fuck off. I don't want to talk to anybody. I know I'm the quarterback. That was not his vibe. He was definitely <laughs> no. We did we, like sometimes after class we talked for like five, ten, fifteen minutes. It wasn't because we did. We were just walking out together. I was like, "What's up, dude?" Like, I don't know. Should have to do some homework. You know, it was like just like random bullshit. You know, but mm-hmm. I'm just saying, I hated how he threw. And I hated it then when I was talking to him. I hated it now. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, I, I respect that you're the quarterback of Michigan. I'm not. But I really don't like how you leave yourself so exposed when you throw. Like, you don't square up. Your hand's not in your shoulder pocket. Like, Orgy did that, though. So he has the explosiveness, the weight behind him to run it if he needs to. But he also looks like a quarterback when he drops back to – looks like someone he – he can run, but he's comfortable sitting in the pocket. That's what J.J. is. He can run, but he's comfortable sitting in the pocket. And that was really nice to see him do do those runs against Ohio State. Because, again, I'm going to bring it back, and I'm going to end my piece here, is that I just wanted to see when they did that, I'm like, okay, I guess we're doing this. And then when I saw it, I was like, wow, that makes me feel – it was almost like a tip of the hat to, like, the Michigan fans almost. Like – Bro, it's not just this year. It wasn't just last year and the year before that. This is a dynasty being built. A three-peat is a dynasty being built. Like, I'm sorry, bro. When the Detroit Pistons beat the L.A. Lakers in 2004-2005 season, or no, 2004 for the championship, Kobe was about to eclipse Michael's three-peat dynasty record. If he would have done that, there would have been a real, like, vote for Kobe 
as the best of all time. Four in a row is no joke. Like, same mm-hmm. thing with this rivalry. Like, if if we go four, this is a absolute turn of the tide. It's it's recruiting is not going to Ohio State. Even though last this past year, right now, they have more five stars than we do. It's still because they technically haven't lost their dynasty yet. Like, they still have the most wins in the last decade or, you know, last 15 years, you know? It's yeah, I I don't I don't disagree with that, but I would say that winning three in a row, I think that pretty much you're no, you're no longer you no longer have the upper hand, and I think no, Michigan clearly has the upper hand in the rivalry right now. I would and, say even with the with the energy swaying, it's like the the momentum on Michigan side, because three yeah. means we're in control for sure, yeah. and that's what I mean by the momentum. But to be yeah. fair. We have not done well against them still in the last ten years. No, yeah, you're not wrong about that. Yeah, we can't we can't forget that we got our asses handed to us for the past twenty years. We can't mm-hmm. we can't act like that didn't happen. Right. But right, right. Now, exactly. But we, we we haven't been this hot in twenty years. And we're no. hot right now. And twenty twenty one almost thirty years we came out and we were like, Holy shit, all right, we're here. Twenty twenty two, it's like damn back to back like we went into the shoe and we fucking beat them and then after 2022 it's like all right this is this is not what we expect as michigan fans it's not just a fluke anymore it's not just a hope and a prayer this is what we expect and we provided again 2023 it was a closer game than 21 or 22 was but this is what we needed this is what we knew was going to happen you know they've been talking all season long about ohio state having you know the best the best um, skilled players, fucking Travion Henderson, Marvin, 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 fucking Cat, what are they calling Fucking Mercedes Harrison, whatever the fuck that guy says. No, he says Maserati. And I gotta tell you, I told my family when I was watching this game, I was like, if he says that one more fucking time, and then before I can even end the sentence, Maserati, (laughs) Marvin. Yeah, so everybody's been talking about how Ohio State has... Shut up, Gus Johnson. You know, if one thing that comes to this podcast, if we could get Gus Johnson fired the fuck off of the goddamn Big Ten fucking announcing ship, that would be a win. That would... I hate him. I hate everything that he does. I, 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 I was more upset the whole game about his commentary on the game than the game. I'm not even joking, bro. I, I, I literally cannot stand him. Joe Klatt is always, like, trying to, like, bring him down. And I know you're not even a really big fan of Joe Klatt. He called yeah. a lot of that Maryland game. I respect him. But, like, yeah. and I'm not saying you don't respect him. I'm just saying I know you don't, you're not a huge fan of him either. But I think we both agree that you're, even your dislike of Joe Klatt is nowhere near our dislike of Gus Johnson. Like, this dude yeah. needs to move the fuck on. I am done hearing him be what I have to listen to now during these historic years. You you don't deserve this, sir. You you don't the deserve this. Only, position. only praise I would give Gus Johnson is that I don't know if you know this, but he is a Detroit Cast Tech grad. He is from Michigan. I could give I could give so less of a fuck, and that's probably well, why he's I'm there. Not- that's, That's the only thing that keeps me from 
just hating everything about it because I think he, yeah, like we've talked before, I think he hypes everything up. He's a hot man. Um, he has no got, other volume but 10. There's no finesse yeah. in his game. It's disgusting yeah. to listen to, and I'm done. I don't want to keep hearing his fucking voice over these historic plays. I don't. Yeah. I'm done. I would rather – I love Joe Klatt. Joe Klatt, he never gets overly excited, which is fine. That is also – No, because he's the analyst, too. and he keeps it calm. Yeah. But, bro, I wouldn't even get mad if he got excited, Gus. He's just always excited. It's like, bro, I'm yeah. sorry. That run did not deserve, ah, look at that. Ah, get the fuck <laughs> out of here. Get out of here. No one does that. You're over-exaggerating on purpose. We all see it. Stop. Stop. I'm a, I'm a big fan of traditional announcing and exactly that. I don't like the – the hooting and hollering and exact ah and no, yeah dude, I, like, I, I, I I'm cool with it I'm cool with it when it is deserved but you do it every no, play I, like, I don't I don't even know the dude's name but like you know the classic LA Dodgers announcer like that dude he had the voice he had the composure and it's like I could when he listen got excited, to that guy call Yeah, and he would know when it would get good, but he wasn't a fanboy about it. He was yeah, fanboy. He brought Gus the Johnson, proper that's the perfect thing. Gus Johnson is a fanboy. Gus yes. Johnson is a fanboy. Same thing with with uh, Detroit. The Detroit announcer, classic announcer, Ernie Harwell. Ernie Harwell was the same oh. way. He was oh. he was. One oh. of the dying, the, oh. the 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 dead breed. Can I say the dead God breed? Like they don't dude. make them like Ernie. that anymore. Oh. Ernie you Harwell, bring up Ernie, was, bro, I'm gonna cry. Yeah, dude. because that. he had again the great voice, the classic Ernie. voice, level-headed, and he oh. didn't he didn't fucking talk just to talk. Announcers yeah. nowadays need to fill all airtime with conversation. Yep. I don't yep. want to hear your conversation. I want to hear you talking about what's going on on the field. And when yeah. you're not doing anything on the field, it's okay to not be fucking saying anything because I can see that there's nothing going on. Like, <laughs> dude, you don't need to talk just to talk. I like classic announcers. Just talk about the game. I'm sorry, dude. You hit that so spot on. You hit, that is exactly it, though. It's like legitimately, you. There is natural pauses in natural conversation. Bring me into the point where I feel like I'm watching this with my family and friends. Like that's the whole point. Gus Johnson's out here, like he's the Kim Kardashian of fucking sports announcing right now. Like, dude, shut the fuck up. Shut up. Well, and don't get me Stop wrong. Stop it. He's, he's not the only one. They are all like no, that not. nowadays. Every the, single announcer the, on TV is exactly like that. They talk constantly. There's like I feel like that's a that's a huge radio thing, and I think that's kind of why baseball announcers. You know, you've brought up a couple times all the crazy stats that they have because baseball is on the radio, and people used to listen to that 
on the radio more than they would watch it on TV. Baseball was because baseball is extremely radio friendly. You can break down a game in words and you can imagine exactly what is going on very differently from what you can a football game or a hockey game or a baseball or a basketball game because baseball is very play by play. And so they would have those stats because radio you kind of don't want dead air on radio, and that's why you got to be fucking good as a radio announcer to do baseball because you have those stats, which, yeah, sometimes seem quirky and weird and far out there, but when you have the fucking voice for it, when you have the composure for it, that's one thing. But when you're watching it on TV, I don't need you to tell me every single thing that's happening. I am watching it. You don't need to tell me exactly what's going on i can see it for myself you know and then you because there's there's, there's no there's no wrong thing that's what i'm saying with radio dead air is a thing that's a thing because when you're not saying anything there's nothing going on you don't know what is happening if you're broadcasting a game and there is dead air i know and also you know radio stations there's a thing about dead air if dead air i don't know what the cutoff is but if there's like three five seconds of dead air like then the radio station automatically cuts to something else because they think they lost the feed like when you're watching a football game and there's dead air you can still see that the game is going on and we don't need to cut to a different program because oh we we think we lost the feed like totally different fucking ball game no 100 percent. i'll just drop this really quick uh, ken cal is actually i think the best announcer of all oh, time hockey, is, hockey is so Hockey is such a fast-paced game. He was on the radio just giving the play-by-play absolutely stunningly. And that's when you call for you to talk all the time. And that's not even what I'm saying about Gus Johnson, though. I don't even care so much that he talks all the time. It's the fact that he's always like this. Can you believe it? Ha! And that that is constant through the whole fucking game. It's like, bro, if I could just if someone could just punch you out and let Ken Klatt just take his pauses like he's not listening to you or he's not talking, like you're talking the whole game, that would be better than you talking like this the entire fucking game. It's not just that he talks all the time. Plenty of people, like you said, across the league and NFL talk all the game, but they're not at the intensity level of this motherfucker. I cannot – I'm sorry. Not every point of this game is that intense. I don't want to listen to a hope man as a commentator. He's he's an influencer as a fucking commentator right now. He is literally trying to get that to be his like fucking clip audio so he gets money off that fucking shit. Dude, I disrespect that. I don't respect you. Fuck off. Fuck off with my broadcast. Stop ruining my highlights. Seriously. I I deserve it more than you do. You deserve it yeah. more than he does. Totally Fuck agree. You. I think the greatest like, thing because I'm I'm not even a huge fan of the current Michigan radio announcers. I think Jim Brandstatter, who who is who we grew up with on the radio, and he was and still is, in my opinion, the voice of Michigan football. And that dude was great because again he he wasn't a hype man, but he would get excited for Michigan because he was obviously a Michigan homer. He calls the Michigan games, but he, he had a great voice for radio. I don't think our current 
radio announcer, Doug Karsh. I, lo- I like the guy's takes. I like listening to him on the radio on 97.1. I like when he talks about Michigan football, but I do not like him as a play caller. I think you need a specific voice for it. And Jim Brandsetter had that voice, and he was he was the voice for our entire lifetime up until two years ago. He called his last game, well, I believe, perfect. Wait, it was 2021 against perfect. Ohio State. That's actually perfect. It sounds like Gus Johnson is trying to fake that voice. Like the voice yeah, that you're talking about for radio. He's trying to get that he's trying to get that like raspy, like perfect radio voice, which he doesn't have. Have you looked at him? Like he's literally like yeah. he, you know he was not I'm sorry, there's nothing in me that says this dude went through the fucking like turn it he didn't go through all the hard shit to make it anywhere. He's he didn't play anywhere. He it, I he didn't do anything. He doesn't have that experience. He didn't have to really I don't believe that he actually had to like really fight for anything to get to where he's at. Like that raspiness is like I've been doing this like lower level stations for like 10 years to try to get this job. And I've literally ran my voice through the ringer so much that that's why my voice sounds like this with Gus Johnson. It sounds like he's trying to act like he has that voice. And that's why he doesn't know how to use it. Cause he overuses it all the time. And then we have to listen to a raspy ass yell for about 40 of the 60 minutes that we have to watch. And it's like, dude, shut the fuck up. At the very least, he talked like you actually talk, because I guarantee you, he doesn't talk like that when I'm talking to you like this. Like, if we're having a regular conversation, that motherfucker doesn't talk like that. Those radio guys, those real announcers, they actually talk like that. Like, that's how they talk. Well, that I think, I think, well, number one, I think we got off on a huge tangent here. But yeah, number two, I'm, I'm, I think that's, that's exactly right. I'm, I'm a huge believer in you need to there is a certain voice that is good for radio like you you can't practice it you have to be born with a deep voice you have to be born with an announcer's voice and i'm sorry if you don't have it it doesn't mean that i don't respect your opinion it doesn't mean that i don't think that you understand what's going on in the game and i don't think you can tell me what's going on in the game and provide some insight to me I don't want to listen to it. I no, like exactly. a classic announcer's voice, and that is a thing, and you either have it or you don't. Yep, and Gus Johnson does not. He does not. He forces Agreed. it. It's obvious that he forces it, and I'm done with him. If anybody totally. can be fired this next season, is Gus Johnson. Get him the fuck off the network. But so anyways... anyways. Back to the Michigan game, and I think the last (laughs) thing we were talking about before we went on a huge announcer tangent was talking about Alex Orgeron. It's the end of the regular season. I needed to get that out. And I don't don't deny it because I, yeah, I have the same feelings. I think we're on the same page there. But anyways, back to to Alex Orgy, you know, he he reminds me because I thought at the beginning of the season, Alabama's quarterback – 
Jalen Milrow. I like that dude because he's another dude just like Alex Orji, big, stocky kid that's fast. And he played the first couple games, I forget how long it was, and then all of a sudden he got benched because he made some bad decisions maybe in the Texas game. I forget what it was, but maybe when they lost to Texas. And then all of a sudden he's come back and he's looked pretty good. And I think Alex Orji is very similar to that. He's a big kid, stocky kid, fast, got a cannon back there. The dude can do it. And he's fucking he I think Alex Orgy could be big time. I really do. And I think Jalen Milrow, he's probably going to the league. I don't know. He might be let me see right now. Is he a senior? He's oh my god, Jalen Milrow is only a fucking sophomore. So he's gonna be at Alabama at least another <laughs> year, maybe yeah. two, depending on what happens. And so same thing as Alex Orgy. I think I think they are very comparable and I like the fact that you have a big quarterback that is very mobile that has a cannon and maybe you need to in the pocket yes yes and maybe you need to hone that maybe you need to hone that pocket presence in but also at the same time you don't want to take away his athleticism right and well and that's and that's why he's a sophomore sophomore means someone who thinks they know more than they do and so that's why it's That's so exactly beautiful right. that he by got. By definition, that's exactly by right. By definition, by definition, by the Latin fucking roots, Greek roots. I think those are Greek. Those are Greek roots. Yeah, so it's like fucking Zat boy, letting us know. Oh, yeah. But oh yeah, um, I'm just telling you, like, yeah, having that on deck for next season, none of these young quarterbacks scare us because that's always what's happened in Michigan, though. That's why we go in these four year dark periods, is that we. We had this one team that could take us to the championship and turn it all around. And it's just like the grand gesture that would fix everything. It's, it doesn't it's, – it's consistency that kills, right? It's not this yeah. one glorious year. Like, hey, you know what? The only person that ever – the only team that ever really do that is Leicester. Leicester City did that shit, Okay. That's one out of millions of teams that have tried to do it. <laughs> so Bringing it to that, the 4,000 to one odds? Ugh, would have liked to take that bet. Would have yeah, loved to bad. take that bet. Not bad. But, $10 no, gets you 40 grand? I mean, would have loved it. <laughs> uh, make you want to bet on all the underdogs, but I would just say, like, in general, right now, Michigan is looking amazing because of the fact that they were willing to roam. Dude, come on. How many times do we got to bring up this kid? Just letting kids know, like, you really don't know what we can do. You, We have showed you only our starters. And our backups really could be starters at pretty much any other team right now. Um. We just don't want to use them yet so that you think you, you, you know about what we got next next season at this point. The the backtracking of what we can do right now because of Jim's nine fucking years here developing a recruiting program that can do that is what we're seeing right now. And I got to tell you, I'll bring it right back to the game. Ryan Day is in a fuck ton of hot water right now. I honestly you think that don't dude's know. Gone? I mean, I was about to say, I don't know for sure that he's gone next year. 
but this is pretty much like I don't remember how many years Brady. I think Brady Hoke was there for three or four years. This is feeling a lot like Brady Hoke's year before his last year. Whatever, how many years, however, however many years that was, it was like okay. This has not been working out the way that we thought it would, but we sold you like you always say the Michigan man, and we really don't want to like give up on that yet. So we'll go ahead and say whatever. I know your exact sentiment. I know your exact sentiment because I agree with 100% of what you just said. It was three or four years, not exactly sure which one. And by the final year of it, it was like, okay, we don't want to just throw in the towel and bring in somebody new because maybe, just maybe, this next season will be phenomenal because you have an outstanding record against everybody except for the games that matter. And that's exactly where Ryan Day is right now. He's got an outstanding record at Ohio State against everybody except fucking Michigan. And Michigan is the season killer for Ohio State. And Ryan Day, he's got one year left on his contract. Who knows whether Ohio State's going to oust him after the bowl game and say sayonara because Ohio State, you know, wants to be that high level. But who's who the fuck are they going to get right now? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yes, seriously. Who the fuck are they about to get? And that's what I'm hoping for more than ever. Because once you give up on your rich rod, guess what you get after? They think this is their Brady Hoke. This isn't even their Brady Hoke yet. Oh, oh, I can't wait till they start trying to switch it. And then all the commits. We got the transfer portal now, motherfucker. Oh, I'd love to see all these motherfuckers just go to any other team. We should not take any one of those motherfuckers. You are the devil. You are the opposite of what I like. We are not letting you onto our team to breed fucking whatever the goddamn shit that they breed down there in Ohio. And I cannot wait. It, it will fall apart quicker than it did in Michigan because of this transfer portal. When Ryan Day leaves, whether it's this year or next year, they are going to go through a Brady Hoke era, but that might last two to three times longer because these motherfuckers will transfer the fuck out and not even give them a chance. Because back when Brady Hoke was doing it, you would have to, like, sit out a full-ass season. Yeah, I think... I think honestly that's actually a better comparison than I thought and then when you kept when you kept talking about it that's that's exactly right is Brady everybody everybody wanted to come to Michigan for Richrod and bringing bringing the spread offense that he ran in the fucking what was it the not the, not the Big 12 over the, the Mountain West or whatever and fucking just huge gaudy numbers and everybody said all right this is going to be sweet and then he still he brought the spread offense, which was fantastic against lesser opponents. But he ran a fucking three-five defense, which did not work. Everybody knew it was not going to work in the Big Ten. And then we when we played big boys in the Big Ten, like Iowa's, Wisconsin's, and especially Ohio State, you cannot run three-down offensive linemen, and it totally went to shit. And exactly when they got rid of them. There was everybody said, "See you later, Michigan. We're not coming here anymore. We're not right. coming." And then Brady Hoke came in and he brought some hopefuls. And again, Brady Hoke, even though he may have had some really good recruiting classes, 
he was not able to put a team on the field. He was not able to coach the team on the coach field the the, up to couldn't. its potential. No. Yeah, and it took we just it took Jones. Jim Harbaugh. People's Jones. Yeah. Dude, Peoples yeah. Jones was one of the most athletic motherfuckers I've ever seen in my goddamn yeah. life. He played both sides of the fucking ball and special teams, bro. And he was a killer on all sides. Like, how do you not coach that to at least a playoff? At least getting to, like, not the Sugar Bowl. The Sugar Bowl was a joke at that point, bro. It was a joke. It was a joke. Yeah. I remember when we won that shit, it felt like a joke. It was like, who the fuck did we even play? That's what I don't even want to remember that. I don't. It 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 shouldn't be remembered. It's not a good look. We didn't want to be in the Sugar Bowl. Like, if Ryan Day leaves this year, or next year, they're gonna go through a recruiting cr- process crisis that only Michigan really in uh, recent times as a power team in the league not just in a division or a conference, knows about. No one else has gone through what we had to go through. I think I brought this up way long time ago when Brady Hoke left. We've only had like 11 or 13 coaches of all time, and we were like the third, fourth, fifth, sixth longest standing program in college football. We went through three fucking coaches. Okay, Blake Carr, uh, Rodriguez, Hoke, into Harbaugh. That's at the most 15 years of our program. So almost a third, if not more than a third, of our coaches have come in the last 15 years. Bro, that's not good. It's not a good look. And this is what I'm seeing in Ohio. Wait, this is what I'm seeing in Ohio State's future right now when they get rid of Ryan Day, especially with this transfer portal. Because no one's loyal to anybody. These are free agents right now, bro. NIL. We're dealing with money. This shit is legit now. Like, motherfuckers will transfer for a paycheck, bro. Like, if if I think I might not even get to the league with this team, oh, you're paying me a hundred grand? Yeah, guess what? See a coach. Like, I, they're not coming to Michigan. Michigan better not take any of those motherfucker Ohio State motherfuckers that chose Ohio State over Michigan in the beginning, but they're going to go somewhere else. They'll go to Oregon, Washington, USC, Texas, Florida, Alabama, Georgia. Like, bro, they're about to get fucked up. Well, you're totally right about about the Rich Rod era at Michigan because Rich Rod, I don't even remember all the fucking bad stats that he had, but he had you know, the worst season ever in Michigan football. I I don't want to say it was just three wins, but for some reason, three wins is sticking out in my head. Like, the fewest amount of wins in – he definitely had the fewest amount of wins in Michigan football program history. He had the worst defenses in Michigan football program history. He had – it was just – an awful stone. He was he was the worst coach. Yeah, he was the worst coach in Michigan football program history, and that set us back easily six to eight years. Because yeah, Brady Hoke took over after Rich Rod, 
and he was not the answer. Everybody exact exactly. He was. They were all hyped up. He's a Michigan man. Played at Michigan. Was a coach at Michigan, and then he came in and wasn't able to revive the program like Jim Harbaugh was. And that's the thing too. Even with Jim Harbaugh bringing in all Brady Hoke's recruits, Brady Hoke had some decent recruits. Yeah, you know, I'll tell you. Can I, and, can I just interrupt for a second? Yeah. Rich, Rodri- Rich Rodriguez began his Michigan coaching career on August 30th, 2008, with a 25 to 23 loss to motherfucking Utah, which I don't even remember that. His 2008 team finished with a record of three and nine, the worst season in school history. I was right. Three wins. That's the that's the fewest in Michigan history. I don't think we'd ever had a season without six wins. He got half of the wins of our worst season ever. That was incredible. Yeah, three wins. I was right. That's that's incredible. Michigan has never been that bad, and it was immediate. We were immediately that bad. Like, exactly. Michigan has had, you know, a dozen coaches in the entire program's history, 120, 130-year program history, we don't have coaches. We don't have a coaching carousel like other programs do. We have coaches that come here and they are here for 20 years. Like that's what you expect. And they run the program through and through. They run it correctly. And Rich Rod is just like that was you're right. That was obviously the worst the worst program in Michigan's history when you were at school there. And it it I can't even put it into words how bad it was just relative to the program standards. And I'm, I'm sure you have the exact same feelings. It's, it's, it's just hard to fathom how bad Michigan was for those, for those three years under Rich Rod and then the next three, four years under Brady Hoke. And then finally, you know, Jim Harbaugh comes in and he had to just, he had to fix the entire thing. And even, even me as a Michigan supporter, I mean, me loving Jim Harbaugh when we got the hire of Jim Harbaugh coming from the NFL back to Michigan, back to the school that he grew up with, back to the school that he played college football at, back to the school that he loves. It was a rocky first four, five, maybe even six seasons. Because even in 2016, I think 2016 was the game when um, it was two versus three. Ohio State again, the exact same matchup that it was this year. And we lost, I think, in overtime. And it's like, man, what the fuck is going on, Jim? You can't win the big game here. What what is it? But yeah, it was thirty twenty seven. You're right. Yeah. They gave they gave him they gave him the time. They finally knew that all right, this is the guy and he has brought the program out of the slump, the 10-year slumber that it was in. And we are back. Michigan is back. Michigan, again, we've talked about we've talked about how Georgia is number 1 because they're undefeated for the past two seasons. But if if the college football playoff committee totally ignores that fact, which is exactly what you've been saying, they were brought in to ignore that fact. They were brought in to look at the best team, period, not to use the stats, not to use the BCS um, algorithms, 
that were used in the past, but to use the eye test and to know who is the best team in the nation. Michigan could absolutely be the number one team in America right now. They could be. It should be be because that's what I was saying earlier. It's like before we started this podcast is that, like, honestly, if we're really going off of what the CFP is supposed to be, Michigan should be number one. We both agree why why Georgia is number one. They're number one because they went back-to-back, as they should be, but that's as they should be in the yeah. BCS, which we have been raised on. So if, if this whole thing was supposed to be new and just based off the rankings, it's like, bro, Georgia almost lost to fucking Georgia Tech, I believe, at home. Oh, no, 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 no. It was at Georgia Tech. Well, we played Michigan, Michigan State. Which wait, what, what league do we even say Georgia Tech was in? I don't even remember the league. I don't even know what league. The ACC. At least Michigan. What? Georgia Tech is in the ACC. Okay, ACC. It's them and Clemson, and it's really not even them. The Gamecocks got a more uh, better like grab at that title than the freaking Georgia Tech, whatever they are, do. So, I mean, they almost lost. To their in-state rivals by eight, or they beat them by eight points, almost lost to them. We are only, I, I believe that's our only goose egg of the season against yeah. our in-state rivals who are actually in the Big Ten and would, like, destroy anyone in the ACC at this point. Clemson's not even a threat. Like, I, if you're looking at the bare, bare statistics of this season, Michigan is easily number one in the country right now. It's not even close. Like, and we've already talked about Georgia's wins in the past. They're not very impressive. <laughs> like, no, I, I ever. I agree. I agree. The the last season of the game, your rivalry games. This is rivalry weekend, obviously. Yeah. Everybody yeah. played their rivals, and Georgia Tech they play an eight point game. Or Georgia Tech. Georgia plays an eight-point game against Georgia Tech, which is their in-state rivals. But they played away at Georgia Tech. But even you could you could tell by watching the broadcast, and even they said it on the broadcast too, is this is basically a home game for Georgia. There are more Georgia fans in the Georgia Tech stadium than yeah. there were Georgia Tech fans. Like, and that was yeah. clearly abundant. It that that is a home game, and. Again, with the Michigan-Michigan State rivalry, that's that's a conference game, and Michigan State has more fans than Michigan did in the stadium, and Michigan absolutely blew them out. You're right; it was our only goose egg of the season, and it was 49 to nothing. They beat their in-state rivalry by 49 points. Georgia Seven won by touchdowns. eight points. Seven touchdowns, though. That's more important yeah. to me. Clear yes, cut touchdowns. Georgia only put up thirty-one points that's against not, a fucking, That's not touchdowns. Those are field goals. Yeah, yeah. And what is that? What is, what is Georgia Tech a six and sixteen? Something like that. You Dude, know that is mean? not an impressive no win for your last win of the season. That is, that's crazy. And we played the number quote unquote number two team in the nation, and we again. We never – it was – I can't say it was never in doubt, but we never 
trailed in that game. Georgia Tech was ahead of Georgia in that game. George, I don't know how Georgia lets all of their opponents, all of their inferior opponents, get leads on them. They make it cooking. They they make it close games. That Georgia, Georgia tried to lose that game against a totally inferior opponent. That's not even, you know, last week we played Maryland and yeah, it was a close game. But Maryland, they're a decent team. They've been a decent team for the past three, four seasons. They have been. They have our old offensive coordinator. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I can't. I'm blanking off the top of my head what his name is. Yeah, but exactly. So they, there's a history there. They understand Michigan football. Georgia Tech is a nobody compared to Georgia, and they played an eight-point game against them. And then you go down and look at Washington. Washington beat Washington State on a last-second field goal. They beat them by three points. It was tied up until four seconds left in the game, and they kicked a field goal. And then look at number four, Florida State. They beat Florida, who is a fucking trash, who was a five and six team going into that game under 500. They are now Florida Gators are now five and seven, but they played them to 24 to 15. That's only a nine point game. How do you not blow out an under 500 team when you're the number four in the nation? That is just incredible. And now Washington, Washington going into their bowl game is a 10-point dog to Oregon? How the fuck are you the number three team in the nation going into your championship game as a 10-point fucking dog? I Granted, it's a number five team, but you're number three in the nation. How are you a 10-point underdog? That just It just blows my mind. Florida State, number four in the nation right now, is a fucking one-and-a-half-point favorite against the number fucking 14 Louisville Cardinal team. This is this is insanity. It's crazy. Michigan, absolutely. Looking at all the numbers, looking at the Vegas odds, Michigan should be the number one team in the land, and there's no question about it. The only thing – exactly – Exactly. Talking about the BCS and going back to statistics and this, that, and the other thing, whatever. But no, looking at Vegas, because Vegas has fucking money riding on it. Vegas doesn't fucking beat around the bush. Vegas is not there to to make people feel good. Vegas is there to make money. Vegas has all these teams in close fucking games. What is the spread? Um, let me see. What's the fucking spread for Alabama versus Georgia? Georgia, number one team in the land, is a five-and-a-half point favorite over <laughs> Alabama. Five-and-a-half point favorite over number eight, Alabama. That's fucking close. They call that a one-possession game where I come from. <laughs> Michigan over the number 16 Iowa Hawkeyes, 21 and a half. Give me a fucking break. In a championship game, 21 and a half point favorite? 
What and the fuck is going you, on here? I gotta, I gotta tell you, I'm gonna just jump in here and just remind everybody. I did say it was crazy that Blake Corum could get 30 touchdowns after. Before that, I had said Blake is liable to get 30 this season with a 21 and a half point spread. Who's usually getting our touchdowns? That's easily three on the kid. He's got 22 for the season. I, I'm not gonna lie. Like 30 is in reach to be real. Like we need to win, which we will win, Natty. We're sailing the ship. But I'm not gonna lie. With that 21 points spread, I'm feeling a lot more comfortable with my original call of 30. That's exactly right. right because I think. I think three touchdowns for Blake Corum in that championship game is absolutely within reach. The yeah. only thing I it's think that the only thing I think that makes a difference is I don't think he can get three touchdowns. I think if Blake Corum gets four touchdowns against Iowa, which again is within reach, I think then he is almost assuredly to get it- to 30, 30 because 30. then our two playoff games against whoever and Georgia most likely because I I do think Georgia is going to beat Alabama so I do think Georgia is going to remain number one but that could be up in the air but also who fucking knows if Georgia loses and if Georgia loses to Alabama I do not think they're out of the college football playoff I think they will still be number four at at minimum, yeah, maybe even get, number three. That's what so we gotta get. We gotta get there. into all this right now. Because wait, let me just yeah. like kind of restart this. Because all right, there's a lot of things that can go on this week with all of these championship games going on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So so we really got one through eight in play right now, right? Well, who's Texas playing? I I didn't fuck. I didn't look up Texas. Texas, Texas, they play also, fucking Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State. Okay, okay, but the thing is, they beat Alabama. So even if Alabama beats Georgia, but if Texas beats Oklahoma State, and then other two teams lose, Washington, Oregon, or no, Washington, Florida State lose, does Ohio State get in if Texas wins and Alabama wins? Well, that that's the thing right now is because currently Texas is number seven and Alabama is number eight, and Texas has the victory over Alabama. So right. if they both win, I think Texas has to be ranked higher than Alabama. But does that mean that they're ranked higher than Ohio State at that point? They all have one loss, and their loss is to Michigan – and we know what the fuck happens when Ohio yeah. State's only lost to Michigan. Yeah. Oh, that I I I know. I know. They the college football playoff committee is looking for a reason to get Ohio State into the playoff. I know they are desperately hunting for it. And this week, last okay, weekend, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna say one thing. I do think the only thing that's stating us there is they're trying to get the West Coast fans into the game more because of what they're doing with the Big Ten, inviting all these fucking West Coasters into our goddamn beauty of a league. Um, I could see that because they're doing the no con- or the uh, no division, uh, bigger conferences next year, 
I could see them trying to get a West Coast team in over Ohio State just to make sure that the fans are there next year. Well, I would go in maybe a little bit of a different direction on that. Okay, okay, okay. I think I think what's going on is I think the Big Ten is trying to make an absolute powerhouse of a conference by bringing yeah. in Oregon, Washington, USC, and I believe UCLA is the other one. So, yes, I understand your your West Coast preferential, but I think that it's more along the lines of bringing those into the Big Ten. And I think the Big Ten wanting to be the overall powerhouse in the league. Right, like you're you're lucky you're invited to the party. Yeah, and I think the SEC is also gearing up by bringing in fucking uh, Texas, and I think there's a couple more teams coming into the, into the SEC also. Yeah, I think S- uh, Oklahoma, you might be right. Uh, don't quote me on it. Um, they no, might be going to the on. SEC as Dude, well. But I, is I anyone think, quoting I us? Really... Wait, hold up. Is, is someone quoting us? <laughs> no, nobody's, nobody's quoting us. We're only putting this down for, for all of history. Um, but but what I think really is going on is I think there are eventually going to be two conferences, and that's going to be the Big Ten and the SEC, and they are going to be two power conferences. And whether whether that's a good thing or a bad thing for the game of college football, I think what's going to happen is the Big Ten and the SEC are going to gather up as many power teams as they can and it's going to be eventually a two conference league essentially and they could they could get as big as fucking 30 or 40 teams each and they will be the best 60 or 80 teams in the country and they will all be in two conferences and i think that's that's what we're gearing up for right now and it's it's going to be the big 10 and the sec like All right. that's what okay. it's going to be. All right. I, I appreciate that, but I really want to dive. I want to stay with the the CFP like possibilities right now because I, we already went on a long tangent with me. I just need to temper this for a second because I just thought of something that I don't think we've even thought about before. If all top four teams win, are we guaranteeing that they are staying in the top four right now? Georgia, Michigan, Washington, Florida State win. Are we are we saying that they're all staying? Because I would oh, say I think so. I would say yes too, but yeah. I'm just saying like, just want to. That is like the most obvious of what we're talking about, right? Like with the CFP yeah. right now. But now this is where it gets interesting. Is that like, okay, just Georgia losing? makes all this wild, right? Because Georgia losing to Alabama makes Alabama's one loss to Texas look not that bad. And then Alabama could possibly get a vote into the top four. But then any other loss right now makes Oregon or Texas also a contender for top four, let alone – if there's multiple losses, Ohio State's in the fucking race right now. And it's like, dude, 
What the fuck? I think that's the kicker right there. I think if Georgia loses to Alabama, I think at worst Georgia drops down to number four. And then Alabama, I think with Ohio State not playing a game, Alabama jumps Ohio State. But only five. Yes. Well, yes, that would be that would be a Michigan number one, and then if Washington wins number two, if Florida State wins number three, if Oregon loses against Washington, so they would lose. Yeah, I actually that's interesting. Would they be number four? No. Well, well, no. no, 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 no. I don't. I think I think Alabama might be number five then in that scenario. If if um. Yeah, because Oregon would have if, to lose to Washington State if they all won after that. So Oregon right, would. Right, let, me, let me let me try and get my thoughts straight here. So if just if everybody wins out like they're expected to, if the higher ranked teams win in their conference championships, and so Georgia's the only one to lose, I think Michigan's number one, Washington's number two, Florida State's number three, and then I think Alabama. No, no, Georgia would be number four, and then probably Alabama at number five because they beat Georgia. So I think that's what will play out. But if both Georgia and Washington lose, that's where it gets funky because I think Michigan would be number one, and if Washington wins, they would be number two. If Florida State wins, they would be number three. And then uh, Oregon, having also beat Washington. That's what I'm saying. So Washington would have lost. So you had – Washington at three because Is they won, but they but yeah, they would I'm, lose to Oregon. So I think Washington would drop out possibly of the top four. If Washington, if Georgia, yeah, if, if Washington, I don't even know what I just said. If Washington, if Georgia and Washington both lose, then yes, right. Washington's out. Oregon is in, but Alabama, Alabama might think, take over Georgia. If if Georgia and Washington lose. Yeah. That yeah, that's that's a tough question because Well and then and then okay, so if 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 Georgia Washington lose and Georgia does not drop out of the top four, that is some BCS bullshit. Because they're going off of classic rankings unless you value the the regular season over the championship games, which I gotta tell you, I do. These championship games to me are a it's a trophy, but it's like Whatever. I went twelve and zero in the regular season. Like I know the championship games are big, but it's really about the college football playoff now. So this the 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 the, the, uh, the oh, god damn it. The Big Ten championship is not as big anymore because we have the college football playoff system. In my opinion, when BCS was involved, the Big Ten championship was meant a lot more. I think. Well, y- so yes, yes, the but there was, I bring no big, that up there was no Big Ten like, championship game, though. That's that's the difference. Well, well the, re- the reason why I bring it up is because does Georgia's loss to Alabama matter more than Georgia going 12-0 and in the season? Because that's what it really comes down to at that point. Yeah, and I think I think that right now, 
that if Georgia loses to Alabama, Georgia is still in the top four. They're still in the playoff, and I don't think Alabama is in the playoff. If we're using Ohio State rules, that's exactly what that means. Yeah, but I I still think I'm still thinking that even if Georgia loses and Washington loses, that means that Georgia probably goes to number 4, at worst number 5, but that if Washington loses, that means Oregon beat the number 3 team, so Oregon immediately goes up and Oregon is also in the mix. So then that's Michigan Florida State, say, Oregon, yeah, and I would I would have to believe that Alabama would jump Ohio State because Ohio State didn't play that week, and also if Texas wins against Oklahoma State, which is not on the same level as any of those games, I think even Texas would have to jump Ohio State. Yeah, so I me think too. Yeah, I would think that Ohio State would still be the odd man out. And I don't say that as, um, you know, a sigh of, oh, Ohio State didn't quite make it. I would say, no, Ohio State doesn't fucking deserve to be there because, again, for the third straight season, they're not playing in their conference fucking championship game. You can't be in over a (laughs) conference championship winner. The only – the scenario that would – I think play out in Ohio State's favor is if Georgia loses, Georgia is favored over Alabama, but if Georgia loses, Washington, which is a real possibility because like we said before, what uh not Washington, Las Vegas is not in the feelings game. They're not Dude, out think, there to make people yeah. feel good. They are out but there I, to make money, and Washington, Washington is a 10-point fucking dog right now. So Washington has the chance to lose, um, and then Florida State. Florida State lost their fucking quarterback. I know they only play Louisville, but Louisville, they're not exactly chumps. They're not exactly nobodies, so that is a possibility that Florida State loses. Um, and then – so that – that would have to be the scenario that Georgia, Washington, and Florida State lose for Ohio State to get into the playoff. And well, I don't okay. think all three of those losses are coming. Well, okay, no, I think Washington and Florida State just need to lose the for or for Ohio State to possibly get in. Because if Washington loses, that means Oregon's in. If Florida State loses, that means that no one gets in because of that loss. Oregon is already jumped. Washington lost. They're out of the top four, and then Ohio State is number six right now. They get in at four. You don't think Texas, if they win their bowl game against – not bowl game, uh, their conference championship game against Oklahoma State, you don't think they would get in because they have another victory over Ohio State? It's going to take three losses either way. It's going to be Georgia, Washington, Florida State loss, Washington, Florida State, Texas lost for Ohio State to get in. Anything else besides that, I am going to throw a fucking table. And even that, I would still throw a fucking table. Like, Ohio State cannot get into this goddamn college playoff again. We beat them. It's over. This was the game. It's over. It should have been over last season, and it wasn't. You're out. 
I don't care how much you played Georgia. You played them like that because you knew you shouldn't have been there. You robbed us. You robbed us of that fucking glory of making sure you were nowhere to be found. And I'm getting emotional there, but I I honestly believe I I got emotional there, but I think I honestly believe it is a three loss scenario either way for Ohio state to get into these uh, playoffs. I think, I think that's right. And, and I'm, I, I think I'm, tripping up over a little bit, trying to get on into all these dirty scenarios. But I think that's the bottom line is I think there needs to be three losses in the top four for Ohio state to have a chance. I don't think that if two of the top four teams lose, Ohio state makes it in because Georgia and Washington both play formidable opponents in Alabama and Oregon. And I think even if two of the four teams lose, I still think Ohio State is out, and only if all three besides Michigan lose is the only chance for Ohio State to get in. And again, even if that happens, it's still fucking tough, even though the precedent is there, it's still fucking tough to put a non-conference champion in the playoff. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. because all the other teams would be conference champions. Exactly. Because and Alabama, if Alabama wins, they'd be conference champions. If Oregon wins, they'd be conference champions. So then you would have Oregon, uh, Alabama, and Michigan all in the top three, and then and then Florida State, I assume, is going to win against Louisville. That'd be the team. Well. Actually, if all three lose, that'd be Florida State losing too. But then Texas, Texas, who beat Alabama. And if Alabama is going in, how can you not bring Texas in right. also? The only team that beat them. Yeah. So yeah. I think, no, like, I think. Honestly, and let's, let's, you know, the way they were talking about us right now, we're not going to ever say it. But we got to bring up Iowa. You know, bring we can't up. look past this. We can't we can't look past this game like we haven't looked past Maryland, but it was close. So I think that's probably what the locker room is being talking or is talking about right now. Is you, you we already saw what's going on when we played Maryland and we were away, which is Indianapolis, which is pretty much right in between Iowa and Ann Arbor. It's it's it could be a fifty fifty fan base. I think it's gonna be a seventy five twenty five blue to whatever the fuck guys wanna bring. Um but I'm just saying like in general it could still be a mixed matched environment. Which I was really proud how many Michigan fans were at Maryland. It was actually impressive. So, you know, remembering that even with road support it could be a tight game. We can't look past this game. Um, it is a game we should win, like 100%. We should, we should blow them the fuck out. And Blakey should get at least three touchdowns. But let's not forget what happened against Maryland. And that's exactly why I like that we had that game with Maryland before Ohio State, is that we had ammunition to tell the players from the coaching perspective, hey, look what happened. And it was still a close game against Ohio State. We never trailed, but it was still a close game. So 
I don't see anything about us besides Zinter going down that would really affect us. And I got to tell you, we just ran a 22-yard fucking touchdown next play with our other linemen. So I'm not worried about Iowa. I'll say that. And that's something I was talking about before we started this podcast, kind of trying to get in the focus and the mood. I have been so patient to really blow up about this Michigan team all season. This, These motherfuckers are the dogs, bro. They smell blood in the water. They're the sharks. They're the dogs. We fucking beat Ohio State for the third time. These are the motherfuckers. We are the shit. We should get this done. It's not coulda, woulda. It's shoulda. And we will. And I'm done. It was what did I say at the, like, the first episode? I don't want to be the Michigan fan that talks about it before we get it done. Well, guess what? We got it the fuck done. Fuck Ohio State. Fuck all these motherfuckers that have been trying to rip our goddamn coaching unit apart. Guess what happens? We are so stacked, not only on the field, even in the freaking coaching department, Jimmy has born and bred these motherfuckers in blue. Like, there's no way we lose to Iowa. I will say that outright. We beat our biggest rival of the season. This is this is finished strong time, though. So I just want to bring it up about Iowa to say, like, I don't think any of those kids don't understand. You got to keep your head straight. But this is nothing to compare against even Maryland, let alone Penn State or Ohio State. I agree 100%, and I think that's exactly looking at preseason polls. Going back to preseason polls, Georgia number one, understandably, Michigan number two, out of the gates. This is exactly how it was predicted to play out at the end of the season. Georgia number one, Michigan number two. Shout out, AP. Fuck the CFP. Fucking putting Ohio State number one. Nailed it. AP and that's why I know, and that's why I know there's some BCS bullshit still continue on to this day, because AP called this shit the whole fucking season. Exactly. So now, exactly right. All we have to do is go out and beat Iowa in our championship game, which we know is going to happen. I mean, I guess knock on wood because anything could happen. But at the same time, this is what is expected to happen. Iowa, Iowa wasn't even ranked for most of the season. They weren't even ranked. Iowa has no offense. Yes, they have a great defense, but it's not world-class defense. It's a it's not great better defense. than ours. It's not better than ours. No, not better than Exactly. Not better than ours. And they have no offense to back it up whatsoever. Michigan is going to dominate Iowa. I don't know. I'm, Michigan has, has a fear of of beating the spread sometimes. They don't like huge spreads. We've had plenty of huge spreads throughout the season where we haven't beaten them. But again, just just win loss, I don't think there's I, I think Michigan's at a ninety nine percent chance to win. There's there's no way that Michigan's offense and defense both don't show up in the same game. And Iowa does not have an offense that will ever show up. The only thing that could save them is their defense. But 
but Michigan's going to find a way to score. They're it's deep. impossible. They're Michigan deep. doesn't not score. They score every they're, single game. They score 30 points a game every game, game in, game out. I mean, their defense isn't afraid to score. I'm sorry, our defense is. I was saying there, like when you're talking about Michigan, but our defense is not afraid to score. See now, that's, that's the scariest true. part. That's the scariest part for any team that we're facing, is that you could even try to shut us down on offense if they, if you're saying that they have a good the the, the freaking what was the Maryland game proved that shit. Maryland is more intimidating to me than fucking Iowa by, like, three times at the very least. Oh, yeah. Oh, and at a neutral site? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And like I said, it's pretty much smack dab in the middle. So it's not like it's going to be either side very much so more on a regular day. But guess what? We are looking like natty champions this year. I get, I, 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 was, I, I, I put a fucking guarantee that it's 75% Michigan fans in that bitch. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, bro. You go to Iowa, you are not. I'd like to see how many people after they graduate from Michigan could afford to go to this game and, like, make a trip out of it versus what Iowa could do. You know what I'm saying? Because that matters. So, like, I'm sorry. With the the fucking hype that's not only hype but actually been proven – as a 12 and 0 team this season with all of the fucking money that comes through Michigan, there is no way that we get under 50% at this game fan wise. Like it's, it's, there's no way. I mean, I don't even think it matters. I think it's just Iowa. They can't compete on the field. We've shown. But I'm, say, I'm we've saying, shown, I'm saying even, even as the surroundings, because you were talking about the surroundings for a second. I'm just saying the surroundings yeah. in general yeah. are going to be yeah. in favor of Michigan. It's going to feel yeah, like an away home game. Even even if it's 50-50, which, which it won't be, I totally agree. It's not going to be 50-50. There's going to be more Michigan fans in the stadium, guaranteed. And even if it wasn't, even if there were more Iowa fans in the stadium, it's still not an away game. It's still a neutral site game. It is yep. still – and Michigan already proved they can go into a hostile territory and win. They won against Penn State, and I'm more scared about Penn State away yep. than yep. Iowa away. No doubt. It's the most hostile game away game that you could possibly play besides Big House. Yeah, we're not, we're not away. It's a neutral site. So it is – It's the crowd intimidation factor is neutralized no matter even if they have more fans in the stadium, which is impossible. We already know that. Michigan has the biggest fan base in the country, maybe even in the world. They, It's not going to be a true away game, no matter what it is. It's neutral site. Yeah. Michigan is going to have more fans in the stadium. It's going to be – it's not a home game. They're not at the big house, which is where they like to play. Everybody knows Michigan likes to play at the big house. Everybody likes to see a game at the big house. It's not going to be that, but it's going to be the closest thing to being in the big house. It's going to be rocking for Michigan. I am very excited to see what happens next week. Um, it's going to be topsy-turvy. I think there's going to be a few losses in uh, major bowl games. I was going to say a top four. I'm not going to lie. 
the Washington Oregon game is what we're talking about. What's going to happen with the Big Ten when we get rid of these divisions with Ohio State Michigan next season, more than likely. Um, I'm very excited for that game. Florida State better fucking win. If they don't, I don't even believe they deserve to be there anyway. To be honest, I'd rather see Texas in the fucking top four at this point because fuck Florida State. Yeah. But in general, they lost their quarterback. They lost their best player. They lost their most dynamic player, and it's it's tough to bring a team down that's winning, but you literally you lost your best player, maybe in program history. You lost him. He's no longer on the field, and he is half the reason that you're ranked so high. So it's it's tough because again, and I'm thinking I'm thinking I'm thinking BCS style rankings right here. Yeah, I it's know. Tough, it's tough BCS point-wise to take Florida State out of the top four. But if you just look at the eye test, they lost their best player. Maybe they they should not be in the top four right now. And that's the thing. I Yes, I do think they will still beat Louisville, but they absolutely could lose. They absolutely could lose. What is The spread's one and a half right now. They could lose to Louisville. Washington is a dog at Oregon right now, a 10-point spread. They absolutely could lose. And looking what we saw last week and throughout the season with Georgia, understand that they're number one and you're number one until you're not number one. And they have not lost a game yet, so sure, you're number one. But they played an eight-point game against Georgia fucking Tech. Georgia Tech is nobody. They are... They are... They don't. They don't even come close, and they let Georgia Tech back into the game. They let Georgia Tech have the lead, and then they let Georgia Tech have the lead again, and then they let Georgia come back. It is that was not that did not put a fucking stamp on anything in my mind. So yeah, Georgia. I don't think no, they will lose to Alabama, but there is an absolute possibility that they lose to Alabama. Yeah, but if anything. That is, dude, going down in the first fucking quarter to your rivals, even away, is a horrible look before you go into playoff season. Like like I said, George, we've been talking about Georgia winning ratios or winning margins the whole season versus Michigan. They've never really impressed us. Ever. And then to have the same exact scenario, in-state rivals going this close where we blew the fucking water out of their assholes in East Lansing. Like, I I, I mean, again, if we're not using BCS standards, we're number one. We're number one. Yeah, we gave them an enema in East Lansing. Gave them the old E-E-L, the enema East Lansing. So, like, I'm I'm looking at the scoreline right now, 31-23. I'm thinking we're still living in BCS. They just understood the bull system didn't really always get the best national champions together. We're we're using the BCS rankings, but we're just in a CFP playoff style like the NFL, which it should have always been. Which I you know as I was growing up watching these bowl games and trying to figure out. 
which who was actually winning the fucking national championship. Because as a kid, I was like, oh, you won the Rose Bowl? So does that mean you're national champions or not? Like, I don't really understand why they call it the Rose Bowl if it's not the national championship game. Like, what the fuck yeah. are we doing? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, some people think the Cotton Bowl was bigger back then. Some people thought the fucking Orange Bowl and the Sugar Bowl was bigger back then. So it's like, just because someone said the, the Rose Bowl is the national championship game, call it the fucking national championship game. Have it in the Rose Bowl. But fuck. And I think that's what they're doing with the CFP, which I did not expect. I thought they were changing the whole idea of how we're doing rankings, but it's not. And I think that's something that I would like to end on is that I don't believe anything has changed with the CFP thus far. I think when they invite, I think what is it, 12 teams or is it 16 teams next year? I think it's going to be 12 teams next year. Yeah, yeah 12. It's 12. 12 teams next year. That's looking a little bit more like even if you do your BCS bullshit, look at everybody to what? If we're doing 12 teams right now, everyone to fucking Oklahoma would be in just based off the rankings right now. That includes Mississippi, Ole Miss, Penn State, Missouri, Alabama, Texas, Ohio State, Oregon, Florida State, Washington, Michigan, Georgia. So this all this shit doesn't really even matter next year. And that's why... Fuck Ohio State. Fuck the fuck guys. We are we will always and forever remember that we beat you on the last season that this game really mattered like it always used to. This is the one game, barring last year for some reason, that whoever won this game is either in or fucking out. And I swear to God, if Ohio State makes it in this year again, I, I'm like I'm I'm not done with college football. I love it too much. But I gotta tell you, a lot of the respect will be lost. If Ohio State somehow weasels their fucking fuck guys into this bitch, I I will lose my shit. I, I will lose my shit, dude. Yeah, and, and the more we keep talking about it, the more I think that not only is it gonna take three losses from the top five. I think it's going to take four losses from with the top Texas. ten for Ohio State to get in. Exactly. Yeah, I with, think with Georgia Texas. would have to lose. Washington would have to lose. Florida State would have to lose. And Texas would have to lose. Because I think if Georgia, Washington, and Florida State all lose, but Texas wins, Oregon wins, and Alabama wins, I think they all have to jump Ohio State. I I really do think that actually but look at the precedent Definitely. that has been set. Look at the precedent that has been set now though. Yeah. They were able to jump people last year. It probably wasn't the same tight I don't even remember the last year's like we're we're diving into this whole setup a lot well, more last than year I it was because USC lost to Utah. That's exactly why Ohio State got in. Because USC lost to Utah in their championship game, and there was no way that Utah was going to the playoff, and U, uh, USC was expected to go to the playoff, and they lost to Utah, and that's exactly why Ohio State got in because USC, fucking USC, that's the other team that's coming to the Big Ten. USC coming, coming to the, to the Big, Ten. Big Ten. Ah, coming yep. to the stage. USC stripping yep. it down. Can't believe I forgot nothing. about them before. Yeah, Washington, Oregon. USC, UCLA, those are the teams coming to the Big Ten. Yep. Fuck them. Fuck them, bro. I, yep. It's, if, if Ohio 
mother fucking of a state gets into this bitch this season, I will lose my shit. And we will do a thing on that after this next week, obviously. But I, I really, I, dude, it, I'm, I'm a little bit more on that side of like, but they already set the precedent that you don't have to be in your fucking division champ, your conference championship game to get there. And that's exactly what they're doing with Jimmy right now. And we already talked about this. But they're setting precedents right now in the college football in so many different ways that is just like, what are we doing right now? You're you're telling me that someone who didn't win, couldn't even get into their conference championship is now in the fucking playoffs. You're telling me that, oh, what Pete, uh, Pete Carroll did. Wait, oh, he, he didn't get suspended in the middle of the league, did he? Fucking no. Nope. They won the goddamn fucking national championship. Like, didn't they? Like, USC, I don't know. They didn't win it. They were there. I don't remember. I don't fuck with them. I don't I fucking, I don't care about Reggie Bush. I don't care about fucking Pete Carroll. But the fact that he didn't get suspended that, that season, but now you're setting a precedent for something so much worse and or ingrained into the game like we have talked about at length. You're suspending a coach midseason. You are opening up a can of worms to everyone to suspend every single coach. Who wants to coach in the college football league anymore? You can just get randomly suspended at this point. That's what this feels like now. This is a random suspension because they were trying to kill Michigan before they even had a shot to go to the playoffs by taking away their coach three games before the end of the season when they knew we had our three toughest games of the season. Look what we did. Jerome came up fucking huge. Two fucking top ten Jerome, baby. But it wasn't just Sharon, and Sharon would admit that too. He's not even admitting it. He would. He's always been about it. Ever since he took reins at Penn State, crying for the kids. Like, there's no way that motherfucker wanted to cry on national television. He did, though. It was overwhelming because he understands what the fuck is going on right now. This is some bullshit. I didn't even want to be here. This should have been Jimmy's win. Yeah. Like, yeah I'm that's the respect the, that they the, have for each other. I'm on the there's no way that Ohio Blow State gets into the playoff right now. I think it, it'll take four fucking losses, which... I'm, use, I'm using I'm Ohio at. Blow State for now on. Yeah. That, that was good. Ohio like Blow. Yep. There's got to be. Oh hi, I blow. <laughs> oh H, I blow. <laughs> <laughs> um, gee, I blow. Yeah, there's fuck no, you. there's no way that they get Take into the playoffs. There's, there's got to be four losses ahead of them, which, well, three losses ahead of them, one loss below them, because conference championships, and I don't think, I don't think there's really a prayer. That Michigan's the only one that wins. And I gotta tell you, one. it is interesting though because Georgia Alabama is always contested. Washington oh, yeah. Oregon is like Oregon's like like vengeance game that we wanted at the national championship 2006. Yeah, with Ohio State and yeah. 
Florida State doesn't have a quarterback. So I got to tell you, there are at least these three games are actually in the balance at this point, though. I I, I got to admit that. Like Texas versus fucking Louisville, if they lose, fuck Texas. Like well, if you if really you lose them, the Louisville, if you call them all coin flips, fifty-fifty chance. What's the right. chance that you roll heads four times in a row? It's a, a fifty-fifty chance every time, but it's still not fucking good. Yeah, no, it's it, at the most there's going to be two losses, I think, in the top four. Yeah, and I Michigan, think, I think and Michigan, Michigan ain't one of them. Yeah, we're not we're not even considering that because Michigan there's. There's no way that Michigan loses to Iowa. I mean, we we can we don't even have to pencil that in. We can we can write that in ink. We can carve that in stone. Michigan's not going to. We're lose. doing math in ink with the Michigan Iowa game. Yeah, that's no a one plus there. one. That's a one plus one equals what? Question there. And again, yeah. this is not being cocky. You could have called me cocky saying that at the beginning of the season. Not now. Not now. I'm sorry. You took away everything we possibly had. Coach. Fucking Zinter. I'm sorry, bro. Like, you, you could have – you took her away her coach twice in this season. Twice. Two. I don't – dude, this is a historic season just for that. Just for the fact that Jimmy has been suspended for six out of the 12 games that have happened, bro. Yeah. Dude, his son, his son won a game this season, bro. Yeah. You know what Fucking it is? Happened. Jimmy's a sharer. He's a he's a lover, not a fighter. You know, he just he likes to share more. He likes to fight. You know, he's like, you know what? I'll take a few game break. I'll give you guys, I'll give you guys, you know, the reins for a little bit. Dude, Sharon is four and zero as a head coach. And that's exactly another reason that I would have Michigan at number one. We didn't even have our head coach for our first three games or our last three games, which were obviously our biggest three games and probably the toughest schedule that anyone has played in the last three games of the season. We didn't have our head coach for them. And, again, Highway we, blew to the our fucking, we blew out the biggest rivalry, not an in-state rivalry, but the biggest rivalry in the land in Ohio State. We we, we won, and we, we won against Penn State, two top ten teams. Without our head coach there, home Georgia. They won against they were uh, away Penn State. That, like I said, the whole yeah. season, whole season, that was the litmus test. What do we yeah. do at Penn State yeah. away? After that, yeah. I was never worried ever at all. Nope. I don't even give a they fuck that Maryland and Ohio State were close games. I was never worried, bro. It was a celebration the whole time in my mind. Would I ever say yeah. that out loud? Fuck no. I've said it out loud way too many goddamn times before, and that shit has fucked me in the ass. There's no way that I was saying that shit out loud. But after Penn State win, it was over. I knew we were going 12-0. and 0. Yep. Big Ten Conference Championship game coming up this weekend. Yep. Big game against Iowa. Big spread against Iowa. Big victory coming home against Iowa. Three-peat conference championships. Fucking go blue. Go blue.